Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. Far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. Well, we like to see things with our eyes, right, before we believe a lot of stuff. But that doesn't take faith if we can see it. But that lyric just sticks out to me. Far be it from me to not believe, even when my eyes can't see. In this mountain that's in front of me. Anybody got a mountain in their way this morning that just don't seem to budge? Yeah. This mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. I hope you believe that by faith. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well. It is well with my soul. It's hard to sing that unless you really mean it. There was years I couldn't sing that song because it wasn't well with my soul, but thank God it is now. So. so I hope that through it all, whatever you're dealing with, through all that this life throws at us, and man, it's, it's, it's throwing stuff at us, that we'll be able to keep our eyes on Jesus so we too can say it is well. In spite of everything else going on, it is well with my soul. And I pray those are words that we can declare as truth, not just lyrics to a song, but we can make a declaration of truth that it is well with our souls this morning. Let me ask you a question. What are you expecting from the Lord today? I mean, maybe you woke up and, and didn't have any expectations, but did, did, we, did we head up this way? Did we come here with any expectations from the Lord? Did we come hoping to have an encounter with the king of the universe this morning? Because he's here. He's here. I already had an encounter during worship. I, ho I hope you did too. But we need to cherish our, our worship time together. You know, we get 30, 40 minutes together once a week to worship the creator of everything. That's no small thing. And I hope we can not let our phones distract us or talk through songs, but just uh, connect, to connect with the king of the universe together. We don't want to be like Jacob in Genesis chapter 28. When he woke up, he said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. That'd be sad, wouldn't it, if, if we weren't even aware of the Lord's presence here. So let's not be like Jacob, okay? In fact, I'm going to pray. Father, we ask now, give us a greater awareness of your presence. It's like that song, Holy Spirit, that we sing sometimes. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You are welcome here at Joy Christian Fellowship. Come flood this place. Fill the atmosphere with your presence this morning. Amen. The Lord is here. And, and we should expect to meet with him this morning because he expects to meet with us. At least that is the desire of his heart. And I hope it's the desire of our hearts. You know, last Sunday we spoke about needing a desire to truly 
love God the way he wants us to love him with all our heart and all our soul and all our spirit and all our strength and all our mind. I can't do that in my own strength. I don't think any of us can. I believe God has to give us that desire because we can't possibly love him like that in our own strength. He needs to put that desire in our hearts. A desire for greater communication. Spend time with them. How do you get to know somebody? Spend time with them. Talk to them, but listen to them as well. I could talk to you and tell you all about my life and, and never ask you a question and walk away and thought, I don't know anything about you because I did all the talking, right? So God wants us to, to get to know him better, to spend more greater time. So we need that desire for greater communication with him, greater intimacy with him. A longing, just a, like a deep longing for greater, closer, deeper connection on the heart level. And Jesus tells us how we can have that closer, deeper connection with him in Gospel of John. So that's what we're going to look at today to learn or maybe just be reminded how every one of us can have that closer, deeper connection with the Lord if we really want it. It's available if we want. We can have as much of Jesus as we want. Sad thing is a lot of people, even in church, don't want a whole lot of them, right? We need more of them. So the title of this morning's message is Stay Connected to the Vine. We're going to be in John chapter 15, look at a few verses there. So Father, as we look into your word, your, your word is alive, it's active, and we pray you make it come alive in a fresh new way this morning that you would give us a little greater insight. We, we probably, some of us know this verses, these verses backward and forward and have done Bible studies on them, have heard it preached over and over. But Lord, being your word is active and alive. You can create something new this morning for us here. And that's what I ask for. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and, and breathe new life on, on these words, these old words that make them relevant for this day. And not just this year, but today, this day, that when we walk out of here, we'll know we've been in the presence of a living God who spoke to us in Christ's name. Amen. Now, before we get into chapter 15, let me share a little bit about how chapter 14 ends. Keep it kind of in context. Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room. They're celebrating a Passover meal. And this was unlike any Passover meal these Jews had ever had before. Jesus is talking about the body and his blood. I mean, it's almost like, man, is he talking about cannibalism, you know? Because that was definitely taboo. And uh, so these guys were really thinking, wow. And then he shows the, the heart of a servant. He gets down, he washes their feet. So this is all new and strange to these guys. And he's reminding them what's coming. You know, even though Jesus tried to explain them several times, he was going to be handed over to wicked men. Wicked men are the church leaders, by the way. <laughs> Wicked men. He was going to suffer. He was going to die. But he was going to be raised back to life on the morning of that third day, right? But they still didn't get it. These guys were knuckleheads a lot of the time. He would tell them stuff, and they'd say, what is he talking about? I don't know what he's talking about. So he tried and tried and tell them. They still didn't quite get it. And at the end of John chapter 14, it's not on the screen, but listen to this. This is from the New Living Translation. Jesus tells his disciples, I don't have much more time to talk to you because the prince of the world approaches, that's the devil. 
He has no power over me, but I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. And then he says, come on, let's, let's get going. Let's leave this place. So they're leaving the upper room. This conversation's taking place. They're leaving, they're heading to the garden to pray. And I imagine along the way, they, they, they passed by some grapevines on, on the temple. They may have gone by the temple. And on the one wall of the temple, there was this ornate gold grapevine. It was a symbol of Israel, right? And so he sees this, and they saw that. And, and he uses a grapevine to illustrate a really powerful spiritual truth. Look what he says in John 15, beginning at verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I have given you. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Which makes me think Jesus is telling us there are some not-so-true vines out there. and We don't want to be connected to them, right? He's the true vine. Now, back in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel was often referred to as a grapevine or a vineyard. But oftentimes, Israel was rebellious, unfaithful, and unfruitful. So Jesus is clarifying he wasn't that kind of vine. He's the true vine. He wasn't that kind of vine. Where the nation of Israel failed often, Jesus never did. So he's the true vine, and God the Father is the gardener, and we know where the branches. And Jesus is describing, though, two types of branches here, two types of believers, those whose lives are bearing fruit for the kingdom and those whose lives are not bearing fruit. They're fruitless. There were spiritually healthy branches and unhealthy branches. And I learned something interesting about this passage where it says he cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. That's probably not the best translation of what Jesus is saying there. Now, I still like the New Living Translation of the Bible, but other translation, that line reads, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Did you hear that? Every branch in me. So he's talking about believers. They're already connected to the vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. They're not bearing fruit. The Greek word for takes away can also be translated as lifts up, but not necessarily cuts off. So how do we know which translation to use? There's so many translations. I thought, well, be best to ask somebody that knows how to grow grapes, somebody that works in a vineyard, somebody that knows the stuff about growing grapes. And the technical name for someone who works with grapevines is a vine dresser. If you didn't know that, you've heard it here first, remember, okay? But it's in the Bible. So what do vine dressers do with unfruitful branches? Well, I learned if grapevines are left unattended and they're just on the ground growing, if they stay on the ground long enough, they'll start sending little roots into the ground instead of producing any good fruit. They may produce a few little tiny clusters of dried up grapes, but since they're trying to draw nutrients from the soil where their own little roots cannot go deep enough, they're not going to really produce any real good fruit. Okay then. So when the vine dresser comes along, he sees these branches growing on the ground. He, he knows they can't get enough nutrients from their little roots. 
They need to get their nutrients from the vine because the vine's root system goes deep. This is making sense so far. <laughs> okay. So the vine dresser lifts up the branch off the ground and supports it with a trellis or ladder. If you've been to a vineyard, you, you see how they have them on wire and, and you know, raised up off the ground to keep it off the ground. In this way, the branch is going to draw all its life-giving nutrients from the vine and in turn will produce more clusters of sweet grapes. It'll produce good fruit. So do you see the connection Jesus is making between the vine and the branches and us and him and his father? It's not a picture of judgment on a branch that is not bearing fruit, like cut it off, get rid of it, you know? It shows us how much God loves us and how, how he tenderly takes care of us and lifts us up so he can turn us into productive branches. I mean, no experienced vine dresser would immediately just cut off an unproductive branch without giving it a chance to bear some fruit by working with it. Because if a vine dresser always cuts off all the unproductive branches, the vine dresser wouldn't get many grapes because all branches are unproductive from time to time, right? They go into that dormant season and stuff. So, so that's not producing any grapes, cut it off. No, it doesn't do that. So keep in mind, God the Father is our vine dresser. Jesus is the true vine. And his father is the gardener, as it says, or vine dresser. And rather than just cut us off, when we don't produce any fruit, he lifts us up so we can get all the nutrients we need from Jesus, our true vine. I am the true vine, Jesus tells us. Don't be deceived by any untrue vines out there. I'm the one true vine, and my father is the gardener or the vine dresser. He cuts off every branch. I should really use a different translation for this because we just covered it. He carries away or lifts up every branch that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. He doesn't just ignore the branches that are producing fruit and say, well, they're doing fine. I don't need to fool with them. No, he prunes them. So they will even bear more fruit. See, pruning involves, if you've done any pruning, cutting away any dead wood on the branch to stimulate more growth so the branch can produce more fruit. And God wants to cut off any dead wood in our lives, anything that is hindering us from producing more fruit in our lives. Because we can get used to carrying some dead wood around with us. And God is saying, that stuff's got to go. That stuff's got to go. It's not helping you, it's hindering you. And pruning involves cutting. And cutting hurts. Cutting hurts, but sometimes that's exactly what God needs to do in our lives for our overall benefit. And sometimes God may prune us through our circumstances. Sometimes he may prune off some unhealthy habits. Sometimes he may prune off some unhealthy relationships. I know he prunes us through his word, and his word will prune us if we'll let it. So prune is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It may hurt for a while, but it's a good thing. This isn't on the screen, but Hebrews 4, verse 12, tells us that the Word of God is alive and active and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And listen to this. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That's how His Word prunes us, 
cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, exposing our innermost thoughts and desires. And then in 2 Timothy 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture is God-breathed, right? It's all inspired by God, and it's useful to teach us. It teaches us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's how God can prune us so that we'll produce more fruit in our lives. So he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit so they will produce, that do bear fruit, excuse me. He prunes the branches that are already bearing fruit so they'll produce even more fruit. And then Jesus tells his disciples, you've already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I've given you. His message, his words, have already done the pruning in the disciples' lives, right? They spent three years with him. There's probably a lot of pruning going on over those three years. These guys were rough. So let's keep going. Verse 4, Jesus tells us, remain in me and I will remain in you. What a promise. Man, what a promise. Remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful apart from me. And then Jesus repeats this connection he has with his followers, including us here. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will, not maybe, hope so, no, will, they will produce much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. That last line, apart from me, you can do nothing. That might have ruffled some of their feathers if they weren't so totally committed to Jesus. Knowing how prideful some people can be, that line might even ruffle some feathers today. What does Jesus mean? Apart from him, we can do nothing. Of course we can. We can do lots of stuff. Some of Jesus' disciples might have even thought, they didn't say it, but maybe they thought, hey, Jesus, we're fishermen. Right? We know how to fish really well. That's what we do for a living. Don't be telling us, apart from you, we can't do anything. We knew how to fish long before we met you. But they didn't know how to fish for men and women, right? Until they met Jesus, and neither did we. See, we can be engaged in a whole lot of activity. We can work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. We can be busy at home nonstop. We can be at school, we, wherever we are. But if we're not connected to Jesus, it's just activity with no real eternal benefit. And I think that's what Jesus is trying to teach them and us. We've got to stay connected to the true vine, right? And the evidence of that will be obvious by what kind of fruit we're bearing in our lives. Are we healthy branches? Are we bearing healthy fruit? See, healthy branches connected to the vine produce lots of really good grapes, but unhealthy branches, well, they don't produce much of anything. Listen to this. The health, or the lack of health, of our relationship with Jesus is on full display by the spiritual fruit in our lives. What are people seeing in our lives? Not Sunday morning, but Friday night, Saturday night, at work, in the, in the traffic, in the parking lot when somebody takes the parking spot you're waiting on. What are people seeing in our lives? Remember the series we did on the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are those nine character qualities evident in our lives? And we can't just pick one or two and say, yeah, I I can do that, but the patience, forget that, self-control, no, no. Paul describes it as fruit of the Spirit, not fruits. It's not plural. Nine character traits make up the fruit. Do we speak to our spouses with kind and loving words? Do we show our kids and grandkids patience and self-control? I don't care how many Bibles you have. I don't care how much scripture you have memorized. The fruit of the Spirit's the real measuring stick of how well we're connected to the vine. What kind of fruit are we producing? Some people, even in the church, think, well, if we could just add Jesus to our lives, our lives would be better. Like a vitamin supplement we add to our diet. Now, I'll agree, a little bit of Jesus is a whole lot better than no Jesus, okay? But why stop with just a little bit of Jesus when we can have so much more? Jesus isn't a supplement. Sunday morning here is a supplement. What we're doing now, this is a supplement. The two hours we show up here once a week, and that's if we come every week, it's a supplement to how our life is being lived the rest of the week. Now, hopefully, these mornings here are inspiring and influential and maybe even challenging, but this is only a supplement. What our kids and grandkids are getting in the cafeteria on Sunday mornings, it's a supplement to what they should be getting at home the rest of the week. We can't connect to our true vine on Sunday morning and disconnect from him the rest of the week. We'll never produce any good fruit that way. Jesus isn't a supplement. He's not interested in being a supplement to our lives. He wants to be the source of our lives. Amen? He wants to be the source. Just like a cluster of grapes is fully dependent on the vine to supply nutrients and minerals and water and give it life so it can grow, Jesus is telling us that's how dependent we need to be on him. I hope that makes sense. He's telling us this morning, don't treat me like I'm a supplement to your life. I'm the source of your life. If he wanted to, he could stop our breath just like that. could stop our heart just like that if he wanted to, right? Our every breath, our every heartbeat is dependent on him allowing us. That's how dependent he wants us to be, knowing that he's the source of our life, not a supplement. You know, there's several places in John's gospel where Jesus says, I am, right? I am. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Not just a way, not just a really good way, but the way. I am the good shepherd. And here in John 15, Jesus tells us, I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd because there are some not so good shepherds out there. And I am the true vine because there are some not so true vines out there. And we don't want to be connected to them. I am the true vine. I am the good shepherd. You know, sheep can exist without a shepherd, right? As long as they have some pasture, backyard, something to eat in, 
as long as they can get to some water, a stream or a creek, they can exist without a shepherd. Maybe not well, maybe not for long, <laughs> but they can exist without a shepherd. But a branch with a cluster of grapes can't exist without the vine, can it? A branch cut off from the vine can't survive. And neither can we survive spiritually if we cut ourselves off from Christ. Because we'll wither and eventually we'll dry up. Now withering is a process. It takes some time. So we may look like we're bearing some fruit for a while, but unless we're connected to the vine and stay connected to the true vine, Jesus will eventually wither. We'll eventually dry up. There'll be no fruit. There'll be no real life. So withering is a choice. Staying connected to the vine is a choice too. Let's choose to stay connected to our vine, Jesus, the true vine. And then we'll never have to question his love for us. We'll never have to question his protection of us. We'll never have to question his provision for us and we'll never have to question his presence with us. Let's stay connected to him, okay? Not just Sunday mornings, but every day, 24-7. If we remain in him, he promises to remain in us. And then all the rewards of dwelling in him, remaining in him that come from our fellowship with him, become ours. Answered prayers. Guidance for our daily living. Peace and assurance in the midst of a chaotic world. Strength when we find ourselves too weak to go on and we want to give up and so much more. Jesus doesn't want to be a supplement in our lives. He wants to be the source. So as dependent as a branch with clusters of grapes is to the vine, we're just as dependent on our vine, Jesus. Because apart from him, we really can't do anything of any real eternal value. And if you're not connected to Jesus yet, or you were connected and somehow decided to disconnect from him, please come back to him. The choice is ours. Withering is a choice. And staying connected is a choice. And the Lord lets us make that choice. Choose the true vine, okay? Choose Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Please stand with me if you're able for a closing prayer. If you want some prayer, you want something going on in your life you want me to pray for, I'll be up here for a while. You can get with somebody where you are. Maybe God laid something in your heart for someone else. By all means, follow through on that. Don't, don't dismiss that. A lot of times, Bobby will have a word for somebody in the midst of worship, and she's hesitant. She wants to, are you sure, Lord? Are you sure, Lord? Are you sure, Lord? And then finally, she's got it. Okay. Uh, Anybody ever gets a word for me? I want to hear. If you ever have a dream, I'm in a dream. Let me know what it is. I know not every dream is from God. Sometimes it's just too much pizza, but God speaks to his people in a lot of different ways, visions, dreams, promptings. All right. Lord, thank you for the truth, the simple truth in this word, that you are the vine and we are the branches, and our Father is the vine dresser. And your goal and your hope and your desire for us is to bear more fruit. And sometimes we need to be pruned to bear that fruit. Cut off the dead wood. It may hurt for a while, but if it's going to be a benefit in the long run, then um, we say, okay. 
Okay, we don't understand your ways, but we know they're good. I pray a blessing over everyone here today and whatever's going on in their life. God, you know all about it. And you're the solution. You're the answer. You are the giver of all good things. So whether it's physical, whether it's mental, emotionally, spiritual, financial, whatever the need is, Lord, provide. Because you are the good shepherd and you are the true vine. And you are the light of the world. And you are the way. And you are the Alpha and the Omega. Help us trust you more with the decisions we have to make. Let us listen closer for your voice. Let us spend more time in your word because you prune us through your word. If, we're, if we'll listen, if we'll apply it to our lives. And I just pray blessings over this house. Bring us back next week. And... Uh, Direct us through the week. Let us represent you well in Christ's name. Amen and amen.